Okay, mate. Oh. Sweet. I've got the dog in the frame just behind me. She's half dead. <laughs> I, can, I can just see the top of him. There we go. There you go. That's better. Better visual. Better visual for everyone. <laughs> that's it. She'll probably wander off halfway through. Such a nice day, eh? It's yeah. a wonderful day, mate. Mm. Um, I went for went for a bit of a walk. I might I might do the earphone thing too, you know. Yeah, go for it. I'm hoping these ones don't run out. Uh, but I've mm. got I've got the backup, the trusty old backup. Yeah, it. Um, using these is that um, if there's noise outside, I can't I can't actually hear it. So. You yeah, it's good. No, the audio's just gotten distant now. Crap. Okay. Uh, it's all right. I can work on it later. I can do some post prod on it. It's just quiet. That's all. I'll turn this up. See how we go. Yeah. I'll, do you want me to? Um, is it clear though? I can go. It's back clear enough. Otherwise. It's clear enough. It's just not as That's clear. Better. You just you just sound more distant. Your call, mate. Whatever works. You're right. Yeah, I'm just turning this off. Yeah, turn either way, right. turn it off and on again. Audio, audio. I love the idea, man. Whatever happened to that? I should do it again. Yeah, mate. So, um, this is not even turning off. Yeah, that's interesting. Sorry, every one of these shows starts with a technical problem. It's clear that it wants me to do this, uh, the, the earphones, man. All right, so let's do, do the earphones right. then. Post-production, yeah, I'll just edit this later and we'll go from where we go from and let the uh, chips fall where they may. Sounds great. Tis what it is. I'll just close the, um, I'll just close the door on the laundry, man. Hang on. Make sure I don't get the laundry noise. Yeah, I tried to go for a ride today. Um, first ride since broke my ribs. I love how I could hear you, you while you went. Yeah, I could hear you when you went in the room. That's amazing. Oh, because this has got a microphone. Oh, there you go. Well, this doesn't. That's why I've got this. Yeah, well, that'll be a lot better than the microphone that I got on here. Do you know what's really interesting? So I've, this is a USB microphone and I thought I had problem with the, you know, somewhere in the chain with the audio. Um, and it turns out that it records clear as a bell with zoom. It's perfect. I can import it into GarageBand or whatever and edit and it's beautiful mm. audio. But if I try and drive this straight into GarageBand or Audacity, there's some weird glitch uh, and it pops and whistles and makes a whole lot of noise. So that's interesting why it works with one and not the other. I haven't determined mm. that. My Bachelor of Computing is not working for me at this point. Mate, is, do you want me to try some different audio options to... Uh... No, mate. Don't worry about it. So I can, uh, I can actually use the audio in the... 
See, the beautiful thing about Zoom is it records two audio tracks, so I can bump yours differently. It's fine. Yeah. So oh, this that's is, good. So this is audio from the uh, computer. Perfect. Use that. Yeah. That's better, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Let's do that. Actually, funny, funny enough, you're, you're coming through a lot better too, so that's cool. I tell you what. Okay. You know, awesome, man. The, the more time I spend with computers, the less I understand. <laughs> well, there's more. There's, the more you, the more you go into it, the more you realize there is to, to learn. Yeah. It's really interesting because when the pandemic first hit, and that was I had just kicked off my clinic, so it was very bad timing. I, I tend to have very bad timing. Same thing happened with this lockdown. Very bad timing, but that's a different story. I fell into an opportunity the opportunity back in IT doing some coding and stuff like that and I was amazed how different programming was 20 years after mm. I'd learned I mean I expected it to be different but not so vastly different it yeah it's cool it's uh, funny enough I've been doing a bit of coding just recently with an uh, with Arduino I don't know if you're familiar with yep, that. It's yeah, like electronics kind of. Stuff. Yeah. Um, just for fun. Uh, and it's it's C++, which. Old school. Um, That's what yeah, I learned. That was the first language I learned. Yeah, it's it, it's very intuitive. It's way better than basic. <laughs> oh, basic. Holy moly. I can remember the first programming I ever did was on a Tandy. Well, I don't even know what it was, but it was like a keyboard. And you could plug in a tape deck and it might've been basic. It was like, go to this, change screen, this color. Maybe it was basic. I can't remember. That was a flight. I was a kid. I'm in primary school. Yeah. 80s. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious yeah, stuff. Probably. Hilarious stuff. The compilers are so much better today. Holy cow. They just basically tell you what's wrong. Yeah. I remember when I was learning C++ originally, First of all, the lecturers didn't know how to explain any of the concepts around procedural language and object-oriented language. And C++ being a bit of a hybrid group, you know, it grew out of C, which is procedural, and it was like the object-oriented version. So it was hard to grasp what was actually going on conceptually. And then you'd get the compiler, which would pop out an error and it would say it's on this line but it's not on that line. It's somewhere before that line in the chain. Yeah. yeah. It's just a hint. It's, it's to try it and, is. yeah. It's like you, it gives you an idea of where you might have an issue in terms of like the loop or whatever. Yeah. Mm. And I can remember assessments that were you basically you had to write a program and the program had to be working for it to get assessed. <laughs> you can't, sure. you can't show, you can't show your skill set if your program doesn't work. And it would like, I would go straight through overnight and it would be a semicolon in the wrong spot, a dot in the wrong spot, some like random little fucking thing that caused me that like the whole night Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm so happy I don't do that anymore. 
Now we just have to deal with people. Yeah, indeed. That's my programming at the moment. It's dealing with coders, really. What are you? Um, what are you building with the little what the home play around for your own interest? Oh, just having fun. I feel like I've got. I bought a kit that's got like all these different projects, um, and I do it just from a as a creative outlet, really. But it's um, I love the idea that I can do anything in terms of like controlling stuff or, um, or, you know, sensors around the house. So for example, I bought a, um, a humidity, uh, sensor so that I could figure out when to turn on the dehumidifier in, right. in the house. So yeah. And I haven't got that working yet, but that requires my own coding, my own solution and, um, yeah, so I have to get up to speed to be able to do that. But um, yeah, just uh, you know, like the water tank we've got out the side of the house. Um, I want to be able to know when it's at a certain level, so I can switch over to the second tank and that sort of thing. So would you have some kind of a sensor array within the tank and some programming to? Well, yeah, there's a cup. I thought about it. There's a few different solutions. Um, the, probably the easiest is like a temperature sensor on the outside of the tank because once the water level gets to a certain level, you lose the um, the temperature gets far greater very quickly. The temperature as soon as, the, as soon as it goes, yeah, yeah it's on the outside of the tank because the level yeah. of it's of course yeah, that would be of the course. cleanest solution. Ah, uh, physics. See, there's a reason we studied physics at school. Yeah. <laughs> it's applicable. I've been having an interesting discussion uh, with Will, my son, Will, about music. So it turns out he's not the biggest fan of having to learn music at school, uh, which is unfortunate because it's such a big part of the curriculum. But he yeah. loves maths. And I'm trying to impress upon him how music is actually maths. You know, like you can conceptualize mm. music as math because you've got frequencies. So your notes are different frequencies. You've got timing, which is sort of gaps between the notes or duration of notes. You've got divisions within bars. You've got all of this notation that's not too dissimilar to mathematic nota you know, mathematical notation when you get to that really extreme kind of mathematics. You won't have it. <laughs> you won't have it. So it's like I'm trying to, it's interesting when you're like, ah, oh, physics works and underlying physics is maths. And, and I remember this idea. I don't know. No one said this to me when I was at school because I would have been, I would have jumped into maths for a if someone had said, like, maths is the language of the universe. Mm. You, can, you, can, you, you can explain everything mathematically effectively. Uh, so I'm trying to get Will to understand that music is maths so that maybe he can tap into this skill set and understand it. Cause he's, he's just phenomenal when it comes to mathematics, he just gets it, but he won't have it. He won't, he won't have anything to do with it. I guess whatever works, you know? Um, yeah. I, I wasn't, I, I never learned an instrument or didn't have any kind of practical 
uh, like I don't have any ability with with musical instruments, but ended up doing math and yeah, I feel like it's it's a beautiful introduction to to math. Like, but there's there's other ways. There's other other ways into it. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think maybe maybe for him it's going to be because like, he's he's also technically minded, technologically minded, I should say. So I mean, if you gave him one of these things, right? Yeah, he'd he'd happily investigate what was possible on that all day, all week, all month, all year, because he gets it on some level. So maybe his way into music will be mm. like some some kind of software synth. So because you know he likes the Prodigy, which is such a throwback to when I was a kid, right? And he likes that kind of, and he likes. Um, Jeez, I don't even know what the music would be, but it's kind of the stuff that came out of Skrillex's early work where it's like that really droney kind of stuff. Loves all of that. So maybe his way into music oh, wow. would be through through devices. I don't know. Yeah. There's so many, so many mean, options for kids, hey? That, yeah, absolutely. Brave Did new you hear world, about, yeah, did you hear about Gorillas uh, way back when they, they did a whole album on an iPad? No, but that sounds cool. It blows my mind. So professional band and the whole project is like, it's almost like a piss take on the music industry. Like how, how can we make music that people will listen to just because we're making music? without all of the bullshit sort of record company stuff. So they made, I don't know which album it is. I'm, I mean, I'm not that into gorillas. I love what they do, but they made the whole album on an iPad. That's just crazy to me. Recorded wow. all the vocals into it. I don't know. Maybe they used GarageBand, which comes standard. That's crazy to me and put it out. And you know, I guess it was successful enough. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, a smartphone's got the same ability as a tablet, so. Yeah. I, I blew the kids' minds the other day by uh, letting them know that the amount, of, uh, the amount of processing power in one of these bad boys is greater than the computer that landed on the moon. Yeah, absolutely. A long time. Well, probably you could probably you know, have picked up Apollo. your phone about 10 years ago. <laughs> you could probably yeah, picked up your, uh, yeah, yeah lot, lots. It's quite, they were quite rudimentary in the 70s. And it worked. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, when you think about it, there was probably very little going on in terms of processing. Like, mm -hmm. As there, you know, as there would be today in terms of your car, for example. But yeah, I find, I find Moore's Law fascinating in terms of where this is all headed because I think that the future for us is all about like networks rather than the technology. So the technology has gotten us so far and now human adoption of that technology is going to take us to a whole new level. Like, so Moore's law in terms of growth of 
things happening in terms of the economy or just in terms of uh, our connection to each other and our knowledge is basically being turbocharged through our networks, which is connecting you know, our, this to our brains, but now our brains are getting connected. And so that's where Moore's law keeps going because if we just keep, you know, in the past, the internet was just these, well, it still is. The internet's really just a bunch of connected computers. But if you think that really what's happening with all these algorithms and, you know, uh, all the algorithms, so social media, uh, algorithms that help us buy stuff, algorithms that choose our books for us, um, you know, Kindle, for example. Um, the speed with which our brains are accelerating and our, and our consciousness is accelerating in addition to the connections that we're making like through Facebook or uh, through Zoom. You know, this is a whole... Zoom is a classic example. Like, they're not just going to stop at sending out videos they've now got a user base that they're going to do lots of other things with and that you know that'll be productivity tools probably but that is accelerating that network and so it's the network effect on top of technology and that's why you'll still get this because I, I couldn't for the life of me figure out how moore's law will continue how it will exponentially continue to get faster and now it makes sense to me. Now, remind me so I don't misunderstand you. What's Moore's law again? So, basically, what it really comes back to the to, to the silicon era when they started to make microchips, and basically, what they were saying is that every uh, every year, it exponentially as time goes on, it exponentially increases. It's not a it's not a linear. Mm -hmm. um, increase in terms of so power processing the speed. They were, talking about, they were talking processing power. Well, you're processing that. speed, yeah, 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 and and the theory was that you know that would end at some point because it wouldn't matter how you know how fast our our phones got or our computers got, we'd still be doing like Excel or you know we'd still be doing the same stuff. Yeah. So it didn't really add much to the economy but now i can see okay networks are gonna are turbocharging that now and so now you've got these processes that will continue to evolve but what's really going to drive technology and humanity in terms of um uh, in terms of how quickly things happen you know it will be this network effect in addition to the the technology which can en enable it. Um, so are you yeah, thinking so, more on our, our interconnectedness with technology or the way these networks that are based on technology are going to magnify the effect? So the, really, it's really the, the base with which, like it's really the network effect built on top of the technology. So the, the technology just enables the networks, mm -hmm. but the networks is where, you know, it's like, it's like the, you know, the classic example of the fax machine, a fax machine by itself is absolutely useless. 
and even a fax machine with one other machine is, is, you know, now becomes slightly useful. But then when you add three machines, it becomes, it starts to become exponentially useful because, and that's the network effect. So you've got, mm -hmm. then you've got a hundred machines. Well, they can all talk to each other. It's not just this one can talk to this one. It's this one can talk to those other 99. And so that's what's happening with more, you know, Moore's law in terms of, you know, the, the growth of, of the, well, the way we're doing things. Uh, and, I, and I believe the way that, you know, we'll tackle problems in the future is, is all linked in with really, you know, humans' ability to uh, connect with each one another. And, and, but that's being underpinned by technology can keep up now with all of that. In, in the past, technology mm. couldn't do Zoom. No. No, well, it wasn't too long ago that we were stuck using something like Skype that was crapping out every five minutes. Exactly. And even when, when you know, in the 2000s, early 2000s, during the, the tech bubble or just before that, mm. um, you know, video, video, online video was, was already possible, but it was just useless. Like it was really possible, but very difficult. Really crummy. Very yeah. difficult. I remember coding websites back in the mid '90s, so this is early days. This is while I was at uni, mm -hmm. and you had to cut the code. Like you had to write the raw code, all mm -hmm. of the markup. There's nothing like WordPress, of course, uh, and no editors for HTML. So even just seeing how that kind of goes, bang, 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 and I, I can see what you're talking about now. That you've, I've never really thought about the network effect. That's really interesting because you start to even think about how that, mm. you know, how, how easy it is now, even if, even if you pull, well, I suppose when most people think of network, they're going to think of social media networks, right? Cause that's, that's so obvious, but even mm. the ability for people just to have a website of their own so easily now that can link to another mm. website that can link to another website that references this blog that references this scientific study. So it's all. Yeah. But if you think about it, like, you know, even the internet, right, is fairly, fairly rudimentary. Like they didn't think about connecting the dots in terms of uh, the trust layer. Like right now we've got an internet that's, you know, it's full of spam, it's full of uh, fake news and it's full mm. of uh, lots of stuff that is completely like they didn't really it's really a big copy machine that's the best way i've heard it like everyone is just copy machine copy machine that's all it does yeah so Replicator. for example all all it does is scrapes content from other websites and then puts it in a format and shows it you know here's the top results um it's just copying and then even if you you know you're on face even on facebook you know, let's say I do a post. I'm just copying something that I've seen from somewhere else on the internet to, to make that post, you know. And this is where the, and even YouTube, you know, you go on there and it's like every video is talk. most videos are talking about some other video or um, they're all doing the same thing, you know. They might be doing like yeah. charting or something. Thing. So YouTube's interesting right yeah. now. They're doing all of these reaction videos. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? About everything. 
like, okay, I can see a reaction video to, I don't know. I thought it was interesting watching people first, you know, like they first listen to a song or something. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Or the first couple of times you see it, how did that, how's that person never listened to this song before? But then I thought, well, there's going to be a heap of songs that that person's listened to that I've never heard that might blow my mind. And that's kind of like the fly on the wall thing. It's a little bit of voyeurism involved and that's interesting. But then people were doing it about everything. I'm like, okay, we've, we've already looked this. We're three weeks in and I've had enough of reaction videos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there is a solution to all this trust less action that's happening on the internet. Audio, hit me and it's it. just occurred crypto blockchain it is right. going to absolutely change everything and that's just okay. occurred it's I'm just com- i've suddenly i've suddenly figured it out okay well let's explain it to the world and 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 just explain it to me because i'm a complete luddite when it comes to crypto complete well wow. haven't haven't dug into it don't understand the blockchain kind yeah, of okay. put my so head in the, the blockchain is just la, a la 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 yeah, well, you, you got to get on board, man, because it is going to be bigger than the internet. Uh, so for, it'll it'll be it'll work within the internet, but it'll basically make it like you'll be able to trust sources. So just to take take a step back and just explain what the blockchain is a little bit, it's essentially a, just a distributed database. So um, for example, if I want to, um, let's say I have some, well, NFTs is the big catchphrase at the moment, but let's say I have mm. some art, some digital art that I have yep. produced online or a digital music or a video or whatever, and I want to say that I'm the originator of that, okay? Mm-hmm. So we were talking about how everything gets copied. Well, this is a way that we can say that is mine, my original work, and I can tag it in a way that everyone says, yep, it's definitely, he definitely produced it. There's no, there's no ambiguity about that. He, it's like, it's for sure that, that thing. So the way that that can be done through the blockchain is through this distributed, uh, distributed um, database, which is on many multiple machines. So if you take out 50% of machines, machines it would still be fine like that you know you still got plenty of machines that would have copies of enough copies of that but it's not you know you can't just change one copy on a machine and that's that fixes you have to it has to go through a process has to aggregate of like has to aggregate and there's usually a consensus system where you know it has to uh go through a number of iterations on different uh different parts of the the network that that say okay that's you know so um and so when you think about what's going on currently on the internet with spam and you know not knowing what's truthful and and then you start talking about money the blockchain solves all of that because all of a sudden you've got you know you you solve the the double spend problem that 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 money traditionally has. So that's where, you know, uh, if I've got a Bitcoin, you've got a Bitcoin and we both, you know, who knows who owns it? Like we both go and spend it, but 
of course, Bitcoin solved that problem through the blockchain. So there's only, you know, 21 million ever Bitcoins and they and everyone, you know, you can go on and publicly see which addresses own those. And that's that code has been around for, you know, over 10 years now and it's not, can't be broken, you know, that, that's, that works. And that's why, that's why, you know, cryptocurrencies are going nuts, but there's a much bigger picture and that's the whole internet, everything that, that we, that doesn't work currently, which is the things we trust, the things that, um, you know, like I said, fake, fake news, spam, all of those will go away because we'll be able to tag, you know, trust, tag these, uh, tra tag trusted sources. We'll be able to create trust on online. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, my mind immediately goes to, I don't think Rupert Murdoch's going to like that. Mate, it's going to, like Google's, Google's going to be a thing of the past. You can already see that. The writing's on the wall. Like, it's clear. You won't need, you won't need a lot of, like a lot of stuff that we're using now is going to be, we'll laugh at it in, the, in, well, maybe only 10, 15 years. We'll go, can you believe we used to have fake news? We'll go, that's ridiculous. Like, so you're saying you see that's fake, where we've come from in 20 years. You're saying that fake news and non-reputable sources will disappear because they won't be able to hide their, their lack of validity or people will be able to well, tag them as being other than valid or verified or true. Is, is well, that it could happen in another num it could happen a number of ways. So yeah, you could tag them as being invalid and uh, you know or, or not true. Um, or it could happen that there's just trusted sources and then they, you know, currently if you've got a trusted source, like I'll give you an example. Um, and this have this is this underpins a lot of the economy of the internet is review sites, right? Mm -hmm. Like you want to buy something, you go and search reviews. Well, how do you know that those reviews weren't put there by whoever, you know, by the company that produced them through, you know, robots or a hundred people that they hired to create these yeah. fake reviews? Yeah, there's a so uh, big... that that stuff, that aspect of it will go away. And and every aspect of the things that you can't trust will go away because you, all the sources will be, will be able to connect all the dots between what's trusted and, you know, whether it's by saying, well, that's not true or whether it's through um, seeing what is true, uh, we end up in the same place. You'll end up with a far better, better way to actually trust what's going on financial like and you can see why um you can see why the uh the you know the governments and big financial like the fed the fed and all those that they can see the writing on the wall for for fiat currencies because they're like well you know, fiat currencies are just built around this trust that people like if i give you ten dollars 
you trust that that $10 will be worth something to someone else. But if, if something else comes along, if a currency comes along and you start to trust that more, where does that leave fiat? Like if they print, you know, 40% more uh, American dollars, which they have in the last year, then in history. Wow. Like it, yeah, yeah, it's insane, man. If they print, the, print that away, you know, that's effectively robbing you of time, by the way. Like, you know, so, you know, you think people think, okay, you know, where do they, where are they getting this money to pay for JobKeeper or whatever? And, you know, in Australia, that's our solution to keeping people. Where do they get that money from, right? Well, they print it. I want to know where the other money's going. They print it, well, they print it from thin air, but the reality is that your the dollars that are in your wallet or in your bank account just became worth less, right? Mm -hmm. Because in percentage terms, so and what is what is what is money? Well, really, effectively, it's just the amount of time that you spend to earn it. Um, so they're robbing you of your time, like your money, like you know. That's so. That's why I'm a huge fan of crypto and and i and i can see with the blockchain it's just a different we live in a different world and in 20 years absolutely absolutely so much better with, with bitcoin there's a cap on how many bitcoins have been created and will exist for all time so that they're still uh, producing more bitcoin and it, right. it just gets hard it, the amount that they produce gets halved every halving cycle which is four years. So every four years, they they cut the amount of Bitcoin that gets produced, and they've capped it uh, twenty one right. million, I believe. Twenty one yeah. million will be the number when they're done with the production of Bitcoin. That will be the maximum that will ever exist. Yeah. Right. So what about what about the other cryptocurrencies? How do they fit into the picture? In thousands of different ways, because there's literally thousands of different cryptos. So uh, they're all trying to, they've all got unique solutions. I'd say, you know, well, most of them aren't going to exist in, in, in the not too distant future. Um, so what the market really will sort it out. Much, yeah, yeah. So what, what makes yeah, I mean, a, most, most of, what makes a, I don't know why we've got a delay. This, I mean, the internet should be working for us. It's not like an STD call in the 1983 or something. Uh, what makes a particular cryptocurrency attractive and uh, something that will last? I mean, I can think of I know Bitcoin and was it Ethereum? I think they're the only two I know. I don't know anymore. Yeah, they're by far the two. Yeah, they're the, by far the two largest, um, and they have very different purposes. Um, so, in terms of what we were talking about before. Bitcoin, you know, it, the reason why it was started was to become a currency, but it, it'll never, it, in its current form, even though El Salvador just approved it as a legal tender, which means that every shop has to accept Bitcoin. Right. But about the worst thing you, you could ever do is go into, into a shop in El Salvador and spend your Bitcoin because, well, historically it's gone up like massively over time. So it would be this worst thing to do is to spend it. So what's happened with 
Bitcoin is it's really just become a store of wealth, like um, an asset, kind of gold, mm -hmm. digital gold. Whereas Ethereum, uh, well, it has many uses, but um, it sort of underpins this trust layer for most of the, so many other projects are built on Ethereum. So they'll use the blockchain of Ethereum, but they'll have their own, they'll actually have their own coin outside of Ethereum that's, uh, that, that works, that's built on top of the Ethereum um, blockchain, if that makes sense. There's other, there's other crypto that's built standalone um, to do different things that they don't, you know, maybe they don't think that Ethereum's up to the to the job. Ethereum's had its own problems, but um, uh, it's still got a very healthy developer network that keeps evolving the, the protocol. So it's it's becoming more and more useful all the time. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I, I see, and beyond that, you've got, you know, competitors to Ethereum uh, that, that work better for different solutions. Um, and, you know, but in terms of most, I think it's some, I think most projects are built on Ethereum, but projects that rely on another blockchain can switch between um, like what they're built on. So they could, you know, they could effectively move quite quickly between, you know, Ethereum doesn't get its act together. Um, you know, for example, one of its issues at the moment is that its, its speed of transactions is relatively expensive, relatively slow and relatively expensive. Um, uh, so, yeah, there's there's better solutions potentially for, for, for other projects that, that, that want that either a cheaper... You know, for example, if you've got an NFT that's worth a uh, non-fungible token, so that just helps you to track like digital art and potentially physical things as well. Um, you know, it makes no sense if you want to track like, let's say a bottle of wine. Um, they're tracking bottles of wine in, in, in China, for example, because they reuse the bottle like on average three times. They just fill it up with some crappy wine and recork it. And wow. So uh, one of the one of the tokens that's doing really well is is VeChain, and it, and one of the solutions that they have is to um, track bottles of wine. So um, Grange here in Australia has got uses their te technology to basically have a code for each wine that says that validates that wine, and when I guess. Once it's drunk, somehow um, they that that's known to the network, so it can't be. I'd like to know how that works. That's I'll an interesting one. Yeah. yeah. How, how, how you can you see how. Well, how do you digitally determine if someone has emptied a bottle of something? Yeah, I don't actually know the answer to that. Oh, that's an interesting. Like, I could understand tracking a bottle and maybe it's whereabouts or, or, or something like that. But the contents of well, that I think bottle, that's part of it. Yeah, the contents of the bottle, how do you track that? Yeah, I mean, time might be a factor. Um, you know, if you take, 
Yeah, no idea. Look, there, we're, no we're idea. going back to your water tank, right? That there would be a sensible way to do it that neither you or I have thought of at the moment. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking when we were talking about your water tank, I'm thinking mm. the, the old, you, you lift up the hatch on the top and have a look in, like that's your old, like the most obvious way of seeing how much water is in your water tank, but it's not very automated. Uh, and then the, the bolt on the outside with the float on the inside. So the float yeah, goes up, yeah. the bolt goes down, right? So that one used to always, that one used to be funny. We had, when I grew up in the, like the Western suburbs of Melbourne, there were three fucking huge water tanks, like right in the middle of the suburb that I don't, water must've been pumped to them and they filled up, but you could always see the Head of tanks. Little, yeah. the red line on the side just going up and down yeah, as right. you drove past it. So I was like, okay, that's the old school. But I, I would never have thought of what you said about measuring the temperature on the tank at a certain point to determine what's inside or how much of that is inside, not what's inside, but how much is inside. Yeah, that's probably. Um, mm. Mm. Interesting. Or yeah, just I think. It would need to be a temp- temperature differential too, because it's not, you know, in winter it's going to be different to summer, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there you go. So there's mathematics involved. There's some coding involved. There's a comparison involved. But it is quite sophisticated, mm-hmm. isn't it? Just like that, the, the, there are these ways of measuring things that aren't immediately obvious. Like I always wonder about, uh, and I'm just amazed by people uh, in the scientific community pointing something at a star like fuck knows how far away right and go okay that that that's a planet that's made up of a b c and d and the um the atmosphere is this and its weight and its size uh, and they've got everything worked out based on observable things from light years away Oh, wow. It's cool, eh? Blows my mind. Just blows my mind. There was something, yeah. that, I think it was Ganymede. They've discovered water vapour, what they think is water vapour coming off the moon. Mm. Right. Like, and here's me, and I've got my little backyard telescope just trying to get the moon in focus. <laughs> I know. Right? And they're yeah. looking at a moon on a planet and the water vapor coming off it. Okay. <laughs> and clearly they're not seeing it, right? It's not like they're just getting their little device out and going, oh, yeah, I can see the water vapor. Or, or finding planets because of the phase shift of light. Like, yeah. The they can't actually see the planet, but they, yeah. There's something there. Yeah. Or, or this whole idea of, you know, we know dark matter exists, but we don't know what dark matter is, but it's there. Like that something has to be there for the way mm. things are did you see the the um i'm assuming it was sort of artistic and computer generated the visual visualization or the visual presentation of black holes that were confirming what stephen hawking had said so many years ago about the way it pulls light and the gravitational effect and all of that kind of stuff I'm sure i have yeah so basically what science fiction was showing probably based on Hawking's work that this is what a black hole hole would look like. They've pretty much said, 
yep, that's what a black hole looks like because we can now show how light's curving around mm-hmm. this area of space. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to stop now because someone has to explain that to me. It's like, it's like reading. Have you read A Short History of Time by Hawking? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like this tiny little book. Long time ago, but it was great. Yeah, it's on my shelf here somewhere. But I can just remember reading a chapter and then going, okay, I'm going to have to go back to the start of that chapter and read it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and maybe a yeah, couple I think more times. I read parts of it two or three times. Yeah, and, yeah, and they'd still not understand what's going on. It's like well, I can't remember who it was. And, and he's like, putting it in layman terms. Yes, <laughs> for him anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's done. He's done it down. Explain it like I'm five. All right, Adam. So there's a thing floating around. It's just yeah, it's endlessly fascinating that that all of these ideas that people had that that were based on the mathematics that they couldn't prove were true, but they had a very, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a theory in the scientific sense and it's a sound theory, but there's no proof for it. Like what Einstein's special theory of relativity and all that kind of stuff. Excuse me if I got the words in the wrong order there. And all that stuff's what? Yep. Okay. That's true. That's how it is. Yeah. I um I've been investigating. Well, I use the term investigating loosely. The uh, the idea of uh, like quantum mechanics and quantum theory, and its relationship to psychology. Mm. So there's a there's a uh, a man named Ernst Rossi. I th- I've got his book up here somewhere. I oh, look I. It had just interrupt the conversation too much to grab it, but him and a Australian guy called Richard Hill wrote this book about uh, uh, like a, a therapeutic concept called mirroring hands, where you kind of conceptualize, you know, it could be something like a problem in one hand and a solution in the other, things like that. And we can talk about how hypnotically that would work, how, you know, we're doing some sort of disassociation with the problem. We're taking it out of ourselves and putting it somewhere else. So there's, some work that can be done in a sort of imaginative type way. It's not just kind of trying to work it out by thinking it out. But Rossi was talking about that there's something that happens on a quantum level with the way that that psychological challenge is processed or is uh, resolved. And so he's investigating this and he's written like papers on it, which are so far above my pay grade like my, my head just kind of, you know, like it's got that the high pitched hum that just, you know, like I can't process what he's talking about, but it starts to speak to all of these things in the field of psychology that we can't yet explain what the how and why, like especially with people with uh, challenges that diagnostically might be uh, like uh, personality disorders um, bipolar and even just the uh, more common sort of depression and anxiety type disorders and yeah so they're investigating quantum realities and things like that in relation to mental health and it's like okay so it's hmm. like this this theory that is one of those 
if you understand it, you're lying kind of thing. It's like, like the catch flies, right? If anyone says they understand quantum, yeah. you know, it's like, how do you understand quantum? But it applies to psychology and psychotherapy and mental wellness. Wow. Like it's like different levels of stuff. So then, so then my brain starts to go into this path of, well, are we now starting to tap onto the door of all of those modalities and therapies that have been around for thousands of years that you know, maybe in the sort of 19th and 20th century started to get debunked as being quackery. You know, like your, your witch doctors and, um, you know, uh, energy healers or plant, plant medicines and, and, the, and the ceremony that goes with that. You know, is that is that what we're talking about? Is this is this why psychedelics work for people? So my brain goes poof, or in, what, what's this trying to? Do? Oh yeah, how could I bring all that? But back interestingly, to I feel like the a lot of the things that you talked about that you know maybe ancient people or uh, old uh, old societies created. You know, witch doctors, witch witch doctors, mm. for example. Uh, we, I, I believe we just haven't got the science yet to understand what was going on there. Yeah. It's not like there was nothing going on. And it was oh, just all stuff going up. on. Yeah, it's all going yeah. on. Uh, so I have, a, I have a theory on this. And um, that, look, there's no way for me to prove that I'm right, but I have a theory that, that, that speaks to a, a lot of what we might call alternative modalities, even though, you know, they've, they've been around longer than Western medicine, right? Is that mm. we're tapping into something inherent in all of our minds, um, our consciousness. Now, like Jung talked about the, the um, commun communal consciousness, I think, collective consciousness. You know, like this level above us that stuff feeds in and out of. Mm. It's, it's almost like talking about the ether. Something is there, we don't know what to call it, so we call it something. But what, what I see is a connective point, and I'm, I may be biased because this is, this is the world I come from, is there are trance states inherent in all of these therapies. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the practitioners are in a trance state. So I know that for me to say that because you know, I've studied hypnosis, maybe I've got a slightly biased view on it. It's not to say it's because of trance that it works or hypnosis is superior. I'm not even saying that, but I can recognize that there are these little states that work. For example, think about, think about the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. Someone goes to a doctor, the doctor's in a position of authority, respected. There is an expectation of the patient that some resolution will occur often with the prescription of something. And so there is an opportunity for suggestion. There's an opportunity for the mind to make a decision about what's going to happen, regardless of what physically takes place. And the doctor mm -hmm. has been able to prescribe like sugar pills to people and whatever was ailing that person has disappeared, but there's no, there's no chemical change. So I would, there's, a, there's, there's something that I would call it a trance. Now, you can call it whatever you want to, right? You call it a belief or... 
so then you know you're talking about witch doctors we don't have the science correct we don't but maybe that's what's happening maybe that there mm-hmm. is this it's it's in the relationship and the suggestion and the power of what happens in the mind i don't know like well, it's, again it's above my pay grade but inherently fascinating apparently everybody's so far but i uh, yeah I, i've no doubt that there's something that we will discover at some point mm-hmm. that connects it all together with our current thinking about what we're doing you know we're our current quite limited view of science mm. um you know we talk about energy fields and and things like that magnetic like fields and my, so forth. yeah my wife just did a dousing course you know what that is no that's, oh is that that's where you find energy yeah and my grandfather like i remember him coming out to my parents little property and he had the dowsing sticks and he 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 found where the water was and we're talking about this is in central queensland there's no friggin' rain like you have to be you have to really and so for me that i mean that's that that falls in the category of witch doctor really <laughs> how does that how does that work but, yeah but well how does it work I, i've no idea but it I works know. i can i can assure you like it's amazing like the energy fields that are unseen but clearly exist and that humans can tap into. Mm-hmm. We can absolutely tap into it. Well, we totally ignore that. I mean, I feel like the Aboriginal people did tap into that. Yes. A heck of a lot more than oh, we did. And not just them, like native peoples pretty much on every continent in existence. That's right. Absolutely. We've lost and it that. Just gets, it, it's this weird thing, right? Like we don't understand it. Therefore, it's yeah. bullshit. And, and humans, human, uh, animals live by Oh, they wouldn't survive without being connected to it. My little girl down here whose head you can't see because the pop filter's in the way. I mean, she hasn't moved, but you should see her pick up on the energy in the house. But she doesn't, she understands maybe 10 words. She's very, she's quite intelligent when she wants to be, uh, (laughs) when she she wants to play the Mm. game. You know, like she'll, she'll understand basic commands, she'll respond in a very obedient way. The most amazing thing is watching her pick up on the vibe of the family. The energy. Yeah, cat does the same thing. It's yeah, freaking amazing. And so, and that, that's more than tone of voice. That's more than how we're talking to each other. Cause I'm at home sometimes doing my work by myself. And I may be a little bit more highly strung than other times. She knows, like she yeah. knows when to come over and put her head in my lap to show comfort, to steer clear, to not go outside and dig the biggest hole and chew down a tree. Uh, she, she, she well, you've, heard the, you've heard the do- the dogs that can s- smell cancer. And it's crazy. Yeah, and since yeah. when? Uh, since when? Um, it's not just epileptic people, but when people are going to fit, yeah, like they they can. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I they mean, can these, smell these it. Energy it. fields, or yeah, or Who there's knows, something that right. Like, well, because we know that dogs, for example, can hear different frequencies than we can. Their, their smell is more sensitive. So, regardless of whether there is something else for them to pick up, they're receiving information 
from the spectrum that we can't like birds see in a different spectrum of light. Right. So even when we eliminate this, we don't know part, there is still so much more information than we can perceive from the stuff we know mm. that exists from light, from sound, from heat, from any other number of inputs. And if you take that a step further, what about our ability to create things, manifest things, if you like, from our thought and the idea that thoughts are things and, you know, we need to take that very seriously. Like our intentions are real. Like they end up being, they may not be physically manifest immediately but mm -hmm. they certainly determine what happens in the future physically so therefore they're real like they're... in some sense yes yeah yeah and yeah. I, I like that's that's why i'm i'm pretty sure it was jung who talked about the collective consciousness and i think it was his idea of uh, this is where thoughts come from and you know deja vu and maybe memories that don't make sense and dreams and all this kind of stuff that, and he was, I think it, it might not have been him. It might've been someone else taking this concept further talking about the ability to connect with spirits and things like that, that maybe what you're doing is tuning into this layer of consciousness. That's like not here in the body. It's like, so I don't know what that is either. Like, what's deja vu? How does deja vu make any sense? I mean, there might be a neuroscientist who can explain that to me in some way, and I'm sure there is. But I've had weirdest experiences with deja vu. Mm. Like what, what, what am I tapped into there? I don't, and I don't know. And I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm open to all of this stuff being possible, but I'm not, I'm not out there. You know, like, so, so I just, yeah. don't know. I'm happy to not know. It's okay. I'm trying to study it. I'm really trying to understand it, but I must admit I'm only doing it at a practical level. Like I'm not trying to understand it from a, how it actually works. Mm -hmm. I just want it to work. Yeah. 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 And it works like from, although it's not the easiest thing in the world to, to be good at. <laughs> it's like, it's quite challenging. No. And I mean, I think also a little bit with you, like this discussion that we're moving into about sort of manifesting can fall over its own mm. shoelaces sometimes because of the way it's talked about and how people are selling stuff around it. And, you know, almost saying that if you believe it, it'll happen. Well, there's a little bit more to it than that. And there's nothing to say that faith mm. in oneself or faith in a higher power or faith in a process isn't powerful. But it's not enough in and of itself. Like there's other stuff that has to come along with it. And we can't bottle it and sell it. This is a lot going on. But it is interesting, like this whole idea of, whole idea of manifesting and letting things flow and come to you as they come to you and things like that. Okay. Yeah. There might be intuition. Yeah. Yeah. Intuition. Uh, I feel like intuition is the connection with that. It's, it's, it physically we can feel at some level, the same things that your dog can. We don't, we've 
over time, uh, recent time, we've learned how to disconnect from it, but it's still there and we can learn how to reconnect with it and we can become quite good at it. And some people are extremely good at it. And I would say, I'd even take that a step further and I'd say people that are very good at business, for example, or very good at this, whatever, spiritual life, very good at connecting with other people, whether they consciously know it or not, mm. they are connected to they are actually, they are connected. They make decisions based on how they feel or, you know, they go with that. They've developed that muscle that, you know, we suppress in our society. Yeah, it's a fascinating area that I feel like there's so much opportunity for us as individuals and, and as a society to get so much better about yeah it's, how do we i guess that's the question you know well, i mean <clears throat> i know how i how i do um there's a ton tons of tons of great you know there's tons of great books about it everyone's got a different spin on it and i feel like you've just got to find your own path of how it works for you now your own way in mm. I know yeah. part, of my, part of my process many years ago was, and this is not to say, hey, I've got the answer, right? Because I clearly don't have the answer and I'm okay with that. But part of what has been helpful for me is like, like practicing letting go, not, not holding on to everything so tightly with some preconceived idea of how things should be and how they should go and what I should be doing right now and who I should oh, be yeah, as a man, man and a person. And if something doesn't go the way I want it to go, to be okay with that and take that as another step in the journey. And am I good at that? Some days, no. Some days I'm awesome at it. But when, the, when the pandemic first hit, I, just, I sat down and I went, oh, okay. I'm all right with this. Like everyone else is going to be in the same boat and most people are going to be worse off than I am. Like I'm, I'm in an okay place here. Let's just, and I was just like for three months, let's just ride this sucker and see where we go. Yeah. Okay. That worked for a little, that worked for a little that was a year and a half ago. That worked for a little <laughs> yeah. while. You know, there's been ups yeah. and downs in the way there. And like I said to you at the, at the start of this chat, the lockdown that we just had, and you know, like, I, I dare not complain about a one-week lockdown. Like my sister. Well, it happened over the Olympics. Come on, if someone told you that you had have to, you're going to get a week off during the Olympics to watch the Olympics. Like uh, people would go, yeah, they take that every time. Yeah, well, look, I, I and I can appreciate that. Look, so from my perspective, right, it just it killed my clinical business because in our little part of the world everyone just goes home and camps out and that's okay yeah. there's nothing wrong with that but like that, that was an immediate effect on me okay so what do i do do i sit and bitch and moan or do i opportunity do something else mm. well this this whole idea of this podcast came out of that week there you go you know and you were talking about networking right this is we bring, bring everything back into a circle I, this, these conversations generally flow into a circle but one of the decisions I made was, hang on a moment, all of a sudden I've got a lot more time. 
and I have not been connected with some people that I really respect and admire in my own circle, in my own network. So I started going for a walk every day and I just was going through my list and I, I hit the call button on a couple of people like yourself and had some amazing conversations. And I was like, okay, there is a huge opportunity here. And that's, I think for me, when you talk about those people that are dialed in and, you know, like they're successful in business and life and I don't normally hit it at that spiritual level. I don't think I, I don't think I pick up what the universe is putting down, but if I allow the time to talk to other people, then they, they can sometimes give me a kick in the ass or a hug, you know, physically or otherwise that moves me along in the right direction, pulls me out of that chaos of trying to work it all out. It's like, maybe you don't need to be doing all that. And how about this one thing? Well, at the end of the day, we're humans. You know, <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not absolute spiritual beings. No, wouldn't so, that be nice? So to your point, I don't, well, would it? well, to your point, I feel like you you need both. Doesn't matter how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even a, a Buddhist, you know, even a Buddhist monk with at the top of their game is going to need human connection. Of course, like, it's just innate. We're still physical creatures, and connected to nature more than we believe a lot of the time. But yeah. Mm. yeah and that's why you know your walks you did that video yesterday which was awesome by the way about your walks man that my i spend not less than an hour in in nature every day like either mm. walking or riding or like honestly i don't i would not be a good person if if i did if i didn't do that like i, <laughs> I would be a not a good person. Like I just absolutely need it. It's like I needed yeah. it today. I had, I woke up this morning and I was like, huh, why have I woken up yeah. in this mood? Like I woke up, I woke up tired and I was like, Oh, just, I could go straight back to bed, but I'm not going to, there's, there's stuff to do. Got to get the kids out of the door and I'm the taxi service. Got to get the wife to work. That's, and then that's all good. But I just woke up going, huh, and then, but you know, a couple of things got in the way. And I'm like, it's not even nine o'clock yet, and a bunch of shit's gotten in the way. Is what it is. I'm going for a fucking walk. And that was, that's why we were delayed half an hour this morning because I went for the walk. And it was like, I was, I was half an hour in. And it was just one of those, I had one of those aha moments of, yeah. oh, it's all, everything's all right. But there's literally one thing in my life at the moment. I'm quite happy to share. The only thing in my life that is of any concern is finances. And the thing that affected it is completely out of my control. But what is in control, my control is the response to it. All right. So, Absolutely. so I, uh, you know, in, in walking and not sitting in front of a computer and trying to work out what I should be doing and just letting, you know, my brain do its thing and looking at, the waves and people on the beach and listening to birds and stuff. Oh, okay. It's all good. And meantime, my puppy has had enough of our conversation and she's gone. <laughs> and so if I hadn't gone out this morning, I, I'd, I'd be in a funk today. But I'm not now. 
You know, like I, I'm in a really good, I'm in a really good mood. I'll be in a better yeah, mood if the puppy doesn't go outside simple. and dig a hole. <laughs> you know, that's what he's doing. I don't know what she's up to. Or she. Yeah, she's probably chew- She's yeah. taken to chewing on um, the just growing heliconias. <laughs> so she won't eat the ones. They're pretty resilient. Are, oh, she won't eat the ones that are past their use-by date that have gone yellow. No. She eats, she eats the oh, fresh no. ones. Well, she's taken one right down, so it's there's nothing there. So I'm just hoping that that bulb, as we get <laughs> the, the rhizome, as we get some heat, will just shoot back up again. She doesn't just eat the top of it off. <laughs> that was my welcome home today for my walk. I actually walked outside and went, ah, yeah, fair. Okay, so that one's gone. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. It's in your dog. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even, I've got a problem with uh, my garden gets keeps getting smashed by the kangaroos. But oh, well, it's, uh, it's not much you can do about them. Can't train them. Well, yeah, I've got a, I've got a, like a try and put a little net around it, which does help. But it's, um, they, but are they, they love, are they smashing through it or they they eating it or? Oh no, no. If it's if it's within the the little net, it's they don't they're not interested, but. Generally, like that being anything close to the house, they stay away. So they don't yeah. they don't want to come too close to the house. But are they eating but, your garden? Uh, is that yeah, I just noticed this morning. Like it depends what it is. Like if it mm. like if it's a tasty, like they leave some things and they they like other things. Like the they love some of the herbs. Like for whatever reason, they'll just you know basil or parsley is parsley's like. The most delicious grass kangaroo you can imagine for a yeah must be because they love it <laughs> we, we we do not have a good supply of parsley in our house <laughs> uh, we don't we uh the uh we don't have kangaroos here uh, i don't think we have anything wild in our backyard anymore since we got a dog i mean even i think the blue tongues are all they've all come back after their winter and woken up and gone what the fuck is going on here this used to be the, dog. like, the dogs here now. They're like, right, <laughs> get me out of here. Oh, unreal. Yeah. The blue tongues are great around here, but now we're not going to have any. I, I, I think she plays with them in a bitey fashion. So we're always like, no, the lizard is fine. And uh, Well, thankfully, I mean... I, the lizards have gone. The, having the lizards around would be lovely, but the cane toads have gone too. So I'm not com- going to complain because I don't want her eating cane toads and I don't like the suckers anyway. So if they're not in my backyard, that's good. Yeah, true. Sunshine Coast problems. Kangaroos and cane toads. I know, mate. I know. I know. Absolutely. So Sunshine Coast problem. Classic. Classic. <laughs> How are your ribs? Pretty good. Uh, yeah, the ride, I did a ride this morning and it was um, first time back on the bike. And yeah, I got through the ride. Let's put it that way. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but it was it wasn't it happened. fun. Ribs aren't good when they go. No, it's, it's all right. Like I, I'm pretty happy about it in general because it's like it's only just sleeping is my only real issue. Mm. So did you crack them, break them? What did you do? 
Yeah, I just fractured four of them. Would oh. but didn't displace oh. anything. And yeah, I've done it before, twice before. Was um, this an at speed over the handlebar kind of thing, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're doing shit in your forties that I used to do in my teens. Yeah, no. Me, well, I uh, I think I'm trying to make up for what I didn't do in my teens. Right. Yeah, but uh, I did try to do it in my teens, but I'm actually only just starting to be able to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it's pretty ugly crash this one, but it was. Um, yeah, I got. I might. I'm gonna try and ride it in the, the same ride. Do the same ride. Get back on the bike, so to speak. Go. Mm-hmm. Do exactly the same jump that I tried to do. In the next couple of days, I think. Where is it? Crack. In uh, Twanton National Park. Oh, right, yeah. Like a, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to have to come out with you one day. I mean, I can't take my bike. My bike's a road bike. I've got this beautiful old Colnago. But um, I, was saying, I was saying to Erica, I'd just love to get out into the bush on a bike. I haven't done that since I was a kid. And I mean, that was on like an old beat-up BMX, right? It wasn't actually a mountain bike, but these things didn't exist. Nothing. No, nothing, nothing. But I just, to the idea of it. So when you heal, let me know. Yeah, I'm getting there. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, I've got, I've got two bikes, so we'll do that. Oh, that'd be great. Did I tell you that I did my well, rib? Oh, wasn't it? At, at, jiu-jitsu. Uh, jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Yeah. It was the jiu-jitsu guides. I was trying to choke a black belt and, and I, and I had it locked up and I, zigged when I should have zagged and my rib said no no you can't move that way boom so it's I think just I like just, a pressure thing yeah I think I flicked the one of the bottom ribs off sort of the, the sternum like just just went click click oh, such a weird sensation like, like I felt like I mean I've never been stabbed but it was like <gasps> you know that sharp pain and I let the guy go and he's like what are you, what are you doing <laughs> I'm like I think my rib went out and I took a took a breath and went click back in. I went, yep, something happened there. So silly me, a day later, gets out the front with the broom to sweep up in the driveway. Oh, goes again. I did it, I did that three times. It popped three times before I stopped take, <laughs> stopped moving. It's like the ribs yeah, are just pop, popping more sensation, aren't they? Just yeah. Yeah, this, I found like a fetal I mean, position to sleep in. Like for, for a couple of weeks, I was sleeping in this weird fetal position. Like could, couldn't roll over. Oh, if I yeah. got itchy or an arm went to sleep, I was like, yeah, it's fair enough. I'm staying here. <laughs> That's the worst part, man. Don't make I me laugh. I'm back. Yeah, exactly. Don't sneeze. Don't make me laugh. Don't tickle me. Exactly. Yeah, sneezing's not a good option. You're trying to hold your hold your ribs together while you sneeze. Yeah, well, in the hospital they showed me um, that was amazing. They but the the right at the end a guy came over and he was a like a physiotherapist and he um, and I've never I didn't know this before but you, if you hold a pillow over it, it really helps keeps everything together so you can mm. cough or sneeze. Less really movement, so less pain. It's amazing. It was a real. Uh, I'm gonna hug this. To my I'm gonna hug this pillow. Next year. <laughs> yeah. 
You always got to have a pillow handy. Yeah, yeah. Wherever you go. Far out. No. It's, it's just, it's, it's interesting how there are some parts of the body where you can get an injury and it's just like, oh, yeah, that's not fun. That's just not fun. You know, it's funny. I'm really grateful. Uh, every morning I have been thanking my ribs because at the end of the day, without them, I'd be in a lot worse shape. <laughs> and they didn't. They didn't go through any of my uh, vitals. So that's no, no, no punctured lungs. <laughs> no, no punctured stuff. That was the, oh. I mean, that's the real concern when, they, when you go into hospital with broken ribs. Holy shit. Yeah. Punctured lungs. Because things can really go wrong. Or, well, mine was a spleen. They were worried about oh. where the break was. God. Yeah. I mean, that'd be awful. Yeah. But I guess there's a lot that can go wrong with, it's a bone and stuff lying around. Well, doesn't you know, it's like we're, we our bodies are built pretty well and they're pretty resilient, but at the same time, shit can go wrong really quickly. I was talking to one of my clients, and he went to an acupuncturist who um, put a needle straight into his lung. Boom! And like you know how tiny they are, that's enough to deflate your lung. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was amazed by that because one of the first things I studied TCM way back when, and even though I didn't do acupuncture, one of the first things you're told is if you pick up a needle, there are don't stick it in someone's lung. Well, yeah, if it's in the torso, right, you need to be absolutely certain of every one of those points, especially the sort of ones that go down in through here, that you can hit the top of the lobe of the lung. If you go, yeah, but you know, like I think he got done through his. One of these, I'm like, wow. So, and he's like, just went down. So, it doesn't take much. Like, that's look how thin those little suckers are. They're millimeters. So, a rib going in is going to do that's that's going to pop the balloon pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. The shock, the shock feeling, you know, when you, yeah, when you get winded, basically. Oh, yeah. That's happened a few that's, times. That's, um, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. And then once that wears do? off, you're. Oh, yeah. Keep going. You mean sports wise? Oh, absolutely. Well, no, no. But I mean, change. you injure yourself, right? What are you going to do? You can't take it back. You can't go, oh, can I have a mulligan? But the reason why it's fun is because it's dangerous, slightly dangerous. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah, I, I can see the draw. I mean, like, the, the amount of injuries I've had from jiu-jitsu is just phenomenal. But I, I busted this uh, metatarsal, putting my hand back behind me onto a mat in the, in the gentlest role you've ever seen. It's one of my training partners and I, we're both around the same age, same skill level, don't need to try and kill each other. Having, we're just having a gentle last roll of the day trundle and I put my hand back and I hit, it sounded like a carrot snap. And I'm like, oh, that's not oh. good. That's not good. I haven't done, but normally when these things happen, it's like a twist or, you know, like a Imagine real that. kind of whack or something like that. And I was just like that, again, that, you know, physics again, right? Like the angle and the amount of force must have been absolutely perfect at that time mm. to just... Shatter that bone. 
And it's, yeah, it, it's never healed, right? It's got this lovely little bump in it now and my knuckle's lower than all the other knuckles. But like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. It didn't fall off. Still got my hand. Would have hurt for a I, while. I, I, Erica said, <laughs> again, um, I was like, I don't remember it hurting that much. And she said, okay, just so you're aware, when we went to the clinic and uh, I asked you out of like one to 10, what's the pain? You said nine. And she said, I've never heard you. I've never heard you say anything over a seven. <laughs> like, okay. That, that must've hurt. There must've been a moment there where I was like, ah, oh, fiddle DD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I broke my, one of my little toes. Um, oh, yeah, why do so much? Oh, well, I thought it was just, it was actually disjointed. Mm. So I got my wife to pull on it as hard as she could yeah. to, to put it back in its slot. Uh-huh. I, I almost fainted. Like, well, I did that yeah, with this, right? Because I, I thought that I'd, because my finger went weird, right? So I, I thought I'd dislocated it and I'll just, so I was pulling, not knowing that this bone. It was like spiral fractured. So, yeah, that wasn't smart. I mean, I don't think I did myself any Was there anything favors. like it could actually even uh, cast it? Well, I got, I didn't want it cast because it was summer. I didn't want eight weeks of a cast that I couldn't remove. So I got, um, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's a brace, but it molds to it. So it holds it in place which seemed like a good idea at the time, but it's this plastic that you, know, you, you put it in the oven and then mold it. Mm. But yeah, but even, even with the body heat, it started getting pliable. Uh, so it yeah. didn't hold it quite as tight, which is why it didn't heal quite as well. But I didn't get any of this advice at the time. So just did it. It just, you know, like, but I was close to almost needing surgery to get a plate put in. And it was just, it's one spiral fracture, but it was like, if my finger hadn't have worked, they would have had to, I would have had to go in for surgery to get a plate put in on that bone from putting my hand on the floor behind me. So it's amazing wow. how it can just, it can just like all of a sudden be out of control. Yeah, absolutely. But again, yeah. you know, 10 fingers, 10 toes, not complaining. It's, and, and it all works. It's not as dexterous. Yeah, exactly. And your your ribs your ribs will heal, and you get to a point where you're like, I don't even feel that 100%. anymore. And, Couple and, of weeks. Yeah, I'll be there. I reckon. Well, you know, when my when my rib first went, I was really ginger and tentative. I, I, I took, I think I took six weeks off because I was just because with all of the twisting kind of movement with jujitsu, I was like, if it keeps popping, it's always going to pop, right? It's just. And I'd had some advice from some of the other boys and girls who said that your ribs feel good. And then you come back and you injure it again straight away. And then you're back at the start of your recovery mm -hmm. process. So mm -hmm. don't come back when they feel good, give it a couple more weeks. And I was really like, don't touch me. Don't touch me, which is kind of funny because we're grappling. Don't touch me. But I, I finished uh, before the lockdown, I finished a session where I'd done like five or six really solid, solid wrestling rounds. I was like, huh, I didn't even think about it. And that's the interesting point when you get to, you get past an injury so far that you're not even thinking that you have the injury anymore. So Crazy. It's you can heal like that. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing stuff.
unfortunate. And fortunate. We live in fortunate yeah. times. Mm. You know, be grateful for what's around the corner and, and what's happening right now. How else, how else can you be? I mean, you can be many ways, but why choose? Why not choose that? Be being grateful. Mm. Why not choose it? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to answer that, isn't it? Why not? Like, I, I can't think of a reason that you would choose otherwise. Exactly. I start there a lot with my clients. It's a tough, it's a tough kind of, it's a tough realization for a lot of people that like, if, if, if you're struggling with something at the moment, there's still something there to be thankful for and you can't force this down anyone's throat. But no. when you can get to the point where you can have that conversation and say, if you can focus on the things that you're grateful for, you can quite quickly shift the way that you're seeing and experiencing the world. Absolutely. And in just that little bit, things start to resolve themselves and you get to prove to yourself that it's shit now, but it's also okay. And it will be okay. And there is the possibility for it to get better. And well, you know, it's funny. After I, like, I've had a couple of crashes now recently where, and I, I think I shared this with you, but I've, especially immediately after when you're full of endorphins and adrenaline and everything else, but I end up having these like religious experiences practically. Like, I go into a situation where, yeah, like seriously, I feel wonderful immediately after the crash. It's like I just go into thinking about what I'm what I've got still, you know, and thinking, um, oh, like I'm I'm really fine. Like I am not gonna die. Start there and just work up, you know. And all of a sudden you realize pretty good actually, pretty good, you know. Chances are even if I have punctures a lung or something that'll it'll be okay you know mm. uh, and, and i'm near a hospital like i've got a lot lot a lot of goods going on here <laughs> and weirdly that doesn't sound very positive but but at the time i felt extremely positive about it all yeah i find that strange but that's what happens it's what's been happening to me don't go seeking more crashes to get that transcendental, transcendental experience. Well, no, but I think this idea, you're right. I need to learn what that is and figure out how to do it without crashing because it's pretty awesome. Yeah. But I do think it is uh, partly chemical because oh, you sure. just pumped all these things into your body. For sure. Like I rode out and... You rode out with busted ribs. Yeah, and, and, and did some jumps and, like, just rode out just fine because I didn't actually feel like I thought my problem was with breathing and, like, I couldn't breathe properly and that would right. just go away. I thought I was fine. And then I wasn't fine when all the... Then all the chemicals wore stuff, off. When all the chemicals wore off. <laughs> Give me some more adrenaline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well... Uh, 
uh, end up, yeah, and my buddy just took one look at me and I was looked like I was going to pass out. So he's like, you're not going to go home. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> do not pass go. You're going straight <laughs> to the hospital. But yeah, um, there's, 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 there's this incredible space in between where it's pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> if you can mentally get into the flow of it, you know, and just appreciate it for what it is. <laughs> now you're getting into interesting territory there when you start talking about the dynamics in and around pain and that whole experience. Uh, well, clearly our bodies and our minds are far more capable of more than what we think we, you know, what we think is possible is it's all there. We can do whatever we want. It's just a matter of accessing it. Yep. Yeah, and there'll be topics for future conversations. Uh, I've got, yeah, I'll be having, I'll be talking about pain, pain with someone soon. Um, yeah, I'm sure you got some good people lined up for that. Oh, far out. But it's just, yeah, it's such a, I just really appreciate the, the not knowing, you know, like and being, it's not that I'm ignorant because I'm curious, right? And, mm. and, there's, there has to be stuff I don't know about because I just don't have the bandwidth to know all about it. So to be able to connect with people and learn their stuff or, you know, even just dip my toe into like, oh, this crypto stuff that you've been talking about and blockchain. Oh, mate, I'm no expert. No, I just, you, I just you, you know more than I know, right? So it, it gives me like, mm. oh, there's a little bit of a nudge. And okay, you know, when I've got a little bit of time, I can go and do some investigating if that's what seems right for me at that point. That's why conversation is so important, right? Like if you allow enough time to just have a conversation and it's not uh, the weather here is 24 degrees and sunny, it's amazing where it can go. Like when we were talking about like, what are we going to talk about? And I said, I don't fucking know that that's the adventure for me. Like just having a forum where we've got 90 to 120 minutes ish and like, see what comes up because stuff comes up. Yeah. Wow. The world's a beautiful place. There's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. I think my puppy's out the backyard there investigating what's going on at the moment. I keep seeing this flash of white. I might have to uh, (laughs) go and investigate what she's investigating shortly. (laughs) Save, save whatever's left. Oh, <laughs> yeah, she's. Uh, oh, yeah, I can see her. She's in the corner. How, how, oh, what's up there? How old is she? Oh, well, we think she's about seven months. This is what happens when you when you rescue a puppy. Mm. So she was advertised on on a rescue site as a American staffy cross English staffy. Now, I saw a photo of her and I went, mm, there's probably some AM stuff in her, but I don't know if there's much English stuff in her because she didn't have the broad face. Like, even as a puppy, she didn't really. I reckon she might be moving into bull Arab territory. That's a big dog. And we were, <laughs> we were, look, we were looking for not such a big dog. But she's, I mean, because she's already moving around. She's loping about like she's a big dog. So I think she's got big dog genes. Yeah, she's she's having a bit of a dig. Oh, she's moving on. She's now. already pretty big. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Yeah. She's bigger than an American stuffy and she's seven months old. So she's not an American stuffy, but she might have a name. She's hilarious. She's good fun to have around. She's, I think she's in, um, she's in her teen years, like her dog teen years. I'm just watching her. She's digging up my ginger garden right as we speak. But ornamental <laughs> gingers, she's having a look. Why can't let's have a dig? And I go over there and I'm like, what are you up to? And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't I didn't do that. It's hilarious. They're good fun. It's good. Like, and I've been doing some uh, investigation because you know, mental mental wellness is my thing about just how having a dog around just uh, changes oh, yeah. people's mental yeah. health. Huge. Man, I, I nap every day. This is gonna this is gonna sound lame for some, but I nap every day and my cat tells me it's nap time. And wow. you gotta get into bed so I can crawl so I can crawl into you, into bed with you every day. It's my nap, it's my nap time there for Quinn. Um, <laughs> you, you will nap now with me. Yep. yep, she'll, uh, in fact, I'm not surprised I haven't heard from her she, outside my door because it's getting probably will, time. Probably will now. So. We can go and give the, the, the furry friends of ours some attention. Now, I was, you know, one, one of my clients, uh, when he sits down to meditate, his cat sits on his chest. And oh, mate, the purring that- of a cat is an unbelievable grounding force. Yeah. Yeah. In the way a dog is, like, yeah. it's it's the same same idea. Yeah, they vibrate somehow, don't they? Some kind of vibration going on there. Shall we wrap this up and yeah, okay. you can go and find your cat and I'll go and find my dog? And we'll just... Uh... Mate, great talking to you. Oh, it's awesome. I appreciate any time that you've got to talk to me, mate. I always learn something. Oh, likewise. Always. I look, um, I'm... Uh, I'm a student. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just, uh, I just enjoy being a student. I, I don't think I'll ever attitude. be an expert at anything. But that's the attitude, I think, like just being open to learning from people and experiencing new things and being curious. I think that's the way. It's uh, the opposite of being closed-minded, just being open-minded to learning new things and all of that. Hmm. We should do. Hey man, a, a good luck joint. with your podcast. Oh man, thank you very much. Thank you for being part of it. It's exciting. Let's, um, it's exciting. let's have a joint mental health walk in the next week or so. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right, Love brother. It. I'm I'm going to hit the okay. uh, stop recording button now. Yeah.